Hello, and welcome to the Team Church Midweek Sermon. We pray that this word blesses you. Be built up, be encouraged, and move forward for Christ. For more information, check out teamchurchglasgow.org. So, uh, we know it's that season of divine perfection, and we're coming to the end of it. And, you know, there's been different things God's been showing us, talking through um, Pastor, and I think Daddy shared at some point as well, different things, and Johnny as well, I believe. Um, I guess different ways God is calling us to this life of perfection. And yeah, today, the title of my message, as you can see on the YouTube link on the channel, is what are you saying, pal? What are you saying, pal? Yeah, that's fair, Johnny. So my um, glass region isn't on point, but I think we've all heard people say that. What are you saying, pal? What are you actually saying? We are going to be talking about your tongue today. And we're going to start lay foundations for this if we go to James chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 1. So everyone jump to James 3 verse 1. I will be reading from the New King James Version. So once again, that's James chapter 3 verse 1. <clears throat> Bear with me. So it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. That made me a bit scared tonight, actually. We did not. <laughs> for, we are all, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle, bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest um, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature um, of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by, my, by mankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Oof. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have made, made in similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So we're just going to go to the beginning again. So listen, in verse 2 it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble, however, in word, he is a perfect man. So if you're asking yourself, what does perfection look like? The Lord has given us a picture there. If we do not stumble in word, we are perfect. Able also to bridle the whole body. I'm going to go to the NLT version, which I think captures it really well. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Wow. So the question is, what is coming out from your mouth? The Bible says in Proverbs that you are ensnared by the words of your mouth. Think about that. And a snare is like a trap. So wherever you are right now, however you, your life is faring, is because you have either freed it from a trap 
or you've set yourself in a trap. We are ensnared by the words of our mouth. Now, God is spirit, and um, the Bible says, and very, very clear, that we are made in the image and likeness of God. And, you know, we read through Genesis 1, and, you know, the Bible basically reveals the nature of God. And the Lord created the heavens and the earth, yeah? And the Bible says that the earth was without form and void, and it was just a bit of a mess. Then the Holy Spirit was there kind of brooding over the earth. And then the Lord spoke, let there be light, and then there was light. Okay, so if we are made in the image and likeness of God, and thus we are spirit as well, in fact, spirit first, because I remember we, we say this in church, mine is a spirit, has, um, has a soul, and lives in a body. So the, the first and the most important part of who you are, I should say, is your spirit, because that's what's made in God's image and likeness. So if God um, creates by his words, if we are also spirit, we also create by our words. And this is stuff we already know, but I think it's worth reiterating some points. So the question is, what are you saying? What are you speaking over yourself? What are you speaking over your children? What are you speaking over your business? What are you speaking over your destiny? Because church, we are ensnared by the words of our mouth. If you are stuck, you have created your stuckness because you spoke that stuckness into existence. Does that make sense? Yeah, so the Bible is saying here that if we could control our mouths, that is what perfection would look like. I haven't met anyone who's nailed this yet, maybe except Jesus. But, you know, we're all a work in progress, but we are, we, are, we are to grow. And I was just kind of mulling over this, and I thought, do you know what, church, with great power comes great responsibility. Think about this. If we are co-creators with God, that's a lot of power that God has given us. That's a lot of authority that he's afforded us, right? But that comes with responsibility. If you decide you are not going to own this responsibility of the words that you speak, the power is worthless. And in fact, we drive into, in, into, into a ditch. So are you taking responsibility for your words? Are you taking responsibility for your actions? And then are you taking responsibility for your life? Look, we're now past the point where we are blaming. In fact, if you're, if you're still there blaming your parents, blaming the government, blaming your sister or your brother for the evil they've done to you in the past, I, I can't help you. I just can't. Because the Bible says here that the words we speak are able to change the direction of our lives. Let's go here. Let's go to the verse, verse 3. Now, I don't really know about horses, right? But I've ridden one before. And I think what they do is they want to turn... Um, a horse, horse into a certain direction, they'll give a bit in his mouth to basically control the horse because the horse is very wild, right? And um, we've spoken before about how, you know, if you have a car, like a really, really good car, and they talk about horsepower because horsepower basically defines the power that the car, the, the car carries. And think about that, a horse which is able to kill a human being can be controlled with what's in its mouth. Think about that. So we're here battling with character issues, character flaws, thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm a victim, blah, blah, blah. But God's saying the key is in what you are saying. If you would control your mouth, you would control your tongue, everything would change. Amen. So let's go again to verse, verse 4. It says, a small rudder makes a sh the, the ship turn wherever the pilot chooses it to go. So let's think about this picture. I am the pilot. The rudder is my mouth, and the ship is my destiny. If I take responsibility for the rudder, I can change the direction of my life, change it so that I'm moving the way God wants me to move. 
But if I keep going, okay, well, uh, my words don't really matter. Oh, it's all right. Oh, you know, I don't really care. You will, that, that's you basically um, saying, I don't want to take responsibility for my words. And look, if you, even if you don't or you do, the law is still in motion. The law is that if you control your mouth, you will control your life. Does that make sense? You would actually direct it the way it's supposed to go. So it's up to you whether or not you're going to take responsibility for the words you speak so that your life will go in the right direction. Amen. All right. Also thinking, hmm, you know, in, in life, like people say things like, oh, yeah, like, well, you can be neutral. You can sit on the fence. Let me, be, let me just be real, right? In life, there is no neutrality. There's actually no neutrality. So if you decide today, I'm going to stay still, like I'm going to stay here, I'm not moving, I'm not going anywhere. The reality is life is moving forward, yeah? And if you're staying in one direction, by default, you're going back the way. There is no neutrality. So it's light, darkness, blessing, cursing, yeah? Life, death. So what are you going to choose? Where are you going to point the direction of your life? How are you going to co-create with the Lord so you are moving the way he has designed for you to move and the power is right here in your tongue amen okay let's go to um, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 just so that you can see that this myth of neutrality is just a life and pit of hell to be honest with you so Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 so the Lord is speaking to the Israelites and he's saying uh, bear with me, just getting my Bible. It says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Church, are you living? Are you in a place where you're existing? You know, you're just like, Nine to five, mm -mm -mm, go do, 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 do. like it's just like cycle, 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 cycle. I would um, suggest that you're not living, and there is no neutrality there. Jesus says, or Father God says, I give you life and I give you death. I give you blessings and I give you curses. So your words are either in the camp of life or death, or blessings and curses. I'm, I'm reiterating these points on purpose so that you can understand that there is no neutrality. So you not saying anything is not life that's death do you understand you need to be intentional about the words you speak amen question so what are you saying about yourself what are you saying about yourself i remember there's this book i came across one day and the title said <laughs> you would be crazy not to talk to yourself which is so interesting because you know i work in mental health and people always make a joke and say um if you if someone sees you talking to yourself probably signs of, of mental health but do you talk to yourself do you actually tell, talk, talk to yourself because if you're not talking to yourself, actually you're, you're a bit crazy. Because let me tell you, there is chatter all day long in the spirit. Um, who are you? Are you doing good enough? There's chatter all the time. And Jesus says, take no thought saying, yeah? So the Lord is also saying to us in our thoughts, are we taking those thoughts and are we speaking them out? Are we co-creating with God, yeah? Remember when this like beautiful journey together with Holy Spirit and we're moving with him, we're following him and he's, he speaks and we speak so that wherever he's imagined, wherever he's dreamed becomes our reality. But if you're not saying anything, again, take responsibility because with great power comes great responsibility. 
Um, so very recently, I joined this like community where we're like all growing together and we're all learning things together and all that stuff. And one of the things um, the coach from that community says, he says, you will never grow past your self-image. And I'm like, what? Listen to that, you will never grow past your self-image. Think about it, okay. So you get people, right? And I know this because I've been through cycles with this. Um, you know, you wanna lose, you're, maybe you're overweight, you wanna lose weight, yeah? And then people go on a crash diet and there's diet after diet after diet after diet. They lose weight and then they gain it back very quickly. What do you think is going on there? In their minds, they're still a fat person. So they will still manifest that fatness. Does that make sense? So you get people, for example, another prime example. So people who play the lotto, you know, they come from not that great, um, yeah, not affluent backgrounds, and they win, they win the lottery. And within a year, all the money is gone. Why? Because the image that they have of themselves, what's, re what's real on the inside is that they are poor, so they live out that poverty. So what are you saying about yourself? Are you agreeing? with a negative self-image, or are you working with Jesus to get that change on the inside so that you can live out the destiny that God has called you for? Are you co-creating with Jesus? Are you, are you agreeing with the facts, the facts in quotes, air quotes, that you are lazy? Are you, are you agreeing with the facts that you're fat, <laughs> or you're stupid, or you don't know anything? Or are you agreeing with the facts you've been told, the facts, again, in air quotes, that you will never go past a certain place. Do you know what I'm saying? So think about it. If you have a, if you have a character issue or whatever it is, yeah, we're to work with the Lord, yeah? He gives us strategies and then we use them to change our world. And once again, if you wanna change the direction of your ship, your destiny, you must embrace the power that is in the rudder, which is your tongue. Amen. So very recently, like, you know, in this like community, so I'm thinking, and it's a lot of like reflecting and I was like, my goodness, I think I have some like self-image stuff. I'll tell you how I knew, right? So um, actually it was uh, my husband and I, Daddy and Johnny, we were reading this book um, by John Maxwell, who's amazing Christian man, you know, all about leadership. Um, that's the calling that God's given to him. And then <laughs> one of the chapters, he, he basically after every chapter, he gives you tasks, he gives you challenges. And one of the chapters, he says, write things you like about yourself. I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Maybe like three things. And he's like, right, 100. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. So I, I, typed, I typed two or three things and I was done. I was like, wow, Unamau, you don't, you have nothing positive to say about yourself? What do you think that is? Have I embraced the identity that the Lord has given to me? Or have I listened to what I've been told? Or have said over myself because I have spoken what my eyes saw, not what the Lord has said about me? So right now, I'm actually being very intentional. Like, scripture I'm like really, really honing on is Ephesians 2.10. And I think it was earlier in the year we, we talked about this. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. Another version says we are his masterpiece. And I was sharing with um, one of my mentees the other day. I was like, do you know the Lord calls us his masterpiece? She was like, whoa, that's heavy. I was like, uh-huh, that's heavy. Think about, what, you, what would you call a masterpiece? Like, people call the Mona Lisa a masterpiece. I don't understand it. Because <laughs> I went, I went to the Louvre, and then there was this like whole area where you couldn't like be around because you couldn't touch the the Mona Lisa. Anyway, that's supposed to be a masterpiece, but I am a masterpiece. 
I am a masterpiece. Think about that. Imagine that's something I say to myself every day. Where do you think the direction of my ship is going? It's going towards the masterpiece, isn't it? But if I say nothing, that's not neutrality. That's negative. Neutrality is a myth. You must be intentional about the words you speak. Amen? You must be intentional. So once again, if you want to change the direction of your life, you must agree with the Lord about what he said about you and follow him by speaking what he's speaking about you. Amen. Second question. So that was the issue of character and following the Lord and, and, and all that stuff. Second issue. Let's talk about integrity. And it's something Pastor has been speaking about um, in the past, uh, I think, a couple, three weeks. She was talking about that. Questions. I was thinking about this. Are you an exaggerator? If you're telling a story, do you have to add sugar, spice, and everything nice to make it sound better? Are you somebody that means what you say and you say what you mean? Is your yes your yes and is your no truly your no? When you give testimonies in church on a Sunday, are you adding spice to it so that it sounds better than it is? Do you have integrity? Are you precise in your speech? This is very, very, very important. Can God trust you with a prophetic word? Can he say that I told you this about this person? You're not going to add anything to it because you're going to represent me accurately. Do you have integrity? Let's jump to Matthew 12. Matthew 12, verse 33. All right, so Jesus is speaking here, and he says, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Do you have integrity? Are you loose with your speech? Think about that. Do you know what? This issue of integrity is actually very, very important for many reasons. Obviously, if Jesus says it, then it's important. <laughs> but the reason why I'm saying that is this. The, integrity, the, the consequence of not having integrity, the most disastrous consequence, as far as I'm concerned, is that you can trust yourself. If all the while, like 360 days of the year, you are an exaggerator, you tell people you're going to be somewhere and you don't turn up, you um, come for testimonies and you add sugar and spice and all that chat, um, or you know, you know the drill, yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving you little um, scenarios here and there. What happens when you pray in the name of Jesus on the 361st day of the year? Do you believe what you have said? Do you believe that you will have what you say, as Jesus said in Matthew 11? That if you pray and you believe that you have what you say, then you will have it? Can you trust your own heart if every word you speak doesn't have integrity with it? Integrity matters. It is so important what you speak. And we had this debate, um, Daddy and, sorry, media team, we had this debate once. How you do anything is how you do everything. 
like you can't get away with stuff right so you can say oh i have i don't have integrity when i'm talking to my friends about what i did at the weekend but when i pray i have integrity it doesn't work that way the soul just it's, it's all connected you take responsibility you build integrity so that when you when you say to a demon go in jesus name you mean what you say and the demon has to go do you know what i'm saying so integrity matters what are you saying pal what are you saying let's talk about that the next the next point i wanted to make it just draw to our attention is your speech wholesome when you do speak is your speech wholesome and we're going to jump 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 i know i've taken you so like it's like a bible gymnastics giving you so many uh, ephesians 4 verse 29 All right, so Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Put my hands up. I need serious help in this area. So basically, right, I am, like I've done, it's so funny, I've been doing all these personality tests to learn more about myself and stuff. It's so sad, but it's really, really fun and helpful. And one of the things I'm, I think one of the things that I'm strong in is a strength of mine is that like I'm very particular. Like I try to be like black is white and white is black and all this kind of stuff. And so if somebody doesn't meet a certain like level or meet a requirement of what I think is good, I probably wouldn't say it because I feel like I'm not, I'm not telling the truth. But I'm actually learning that there is beauty in celebrating your small wins, no matter how small they are. And you know, as I was saying, how you do everything, anything is how you do everything. The same way I treat people is the way I treat myself. I've, I'm so hard on myself. I don't, celebrate, I don't celebrate any small means. I don't encourage myself. But God is saying here, let the words you speak, let the words you speak impart. And another, another um, version says, impart grace to the hearer. The world is so difficult. When I say the world, I'm meaning the world by default is so negative. Things aren't working the way God intended to yet. You know, the kingdom of God is advancing every day. Um, but the default setting of the earth is that things are kind of decaying. That's the default setting. Um, so, you know, if someone fails at something, it's very likely that they're going to think, I'm a failure. But we can't be adding to that. Let our speech impart grace, impart encouragement, impart kindness, impart delight, impart mercy to the hearer. Amen. Celebrate even your small wins. Perfectionist in the house. I'm calling myself a recovering perfectionist. Hmm. Everything has to align. But God is saying no. Even the Bible calls Holy Spirit who? A comforter. He encourages us. He helps us. He cheers us on. Okay, yeah, it was 5 out of 10 there, but keep going. You've got this. So it's important that not only are you saying it to other people, but you're also cheering yourself on. Um, I can't remember what it was, I think it was your, maybe two, three weeks ago. Um, I did something and it wasn't quite as I planned. And as usual, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter because I didn't actually hit the target. Then I actually caught myself and I went, oh, when I celebrate your moments, I was like, pat on the back, Numa. Did okay. You tried. So encourage others, encourage yourself. And listen to this. It says here that let the words that you speak impart grace to the hearer. Think about that. The words you speak, listen to this, the words you speak, who hears them first? 
You. Yeah? So who's the hearer? Who's the primary hearer? You must speak words of encouragement also to yourself. Yeah? It's okay. We're all on a journey and we're growing and improving. But think about it. If you tried something and you, you went eight steps, you were meant to go 12 steps, you went eight steps, you didn't quite hit the mark, yeah? If you then spoke a word that didn't impart grace, where have you turned the ship towards? Is it going towards the 12 or is it going back the way in? Yeah? So let your words always drive you, push your rudder, push your ship, your, the ship of your destiny towards where the promised land, the Canaan that God has reserved for you. Don't turn it around. Keep it going. Keep encouraging yourself. Encourage your brethren. Encourage your children. Don't be saying things like, you are lazy, you are stupid. Hey, woo, you are a goat. Sorry. This is flashbacks from my own childhood. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm kidding. Love you, Mom and Dad. Um, but that's the, way, that's the way, you know, we were, we, a lot of our parents were raised, and that's, that's what they knew, um, that if you, if you pointed out flaws, then it was a, a way of you pushing your kids to be better towards perfection. But actually, what we want to do is to celebrate the wins, celebrate the strengths, and in celebrating the strengths, the weaknesses actually get, like, less. Amen and amen. So, what are you saying, pal? Is your speech wholesome? Are you speaking words of grace? Are you speaking words of kindness? Are you speaking words of mercy? Not just to the people around you, but to yourself, because the words you speak, you're the first to hear. Amen. Next question. Do you delight in the word of God? Is that your delight? Do you delight in the word of God? I remember... Um, one of my heroes, uh, Todd White, he says, one of, the, one of the things he says, in fact, I watched, so let me give background. So Todd White is this guy, like he was, um, he had a really difficult childhood, then eventually like made the deal with the devil, the devil killed his dad, just a whole bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> stuff you hear on Sid Roth. And, and eventually he got saved and all that stuff. And now he's so radical, you know. Um, he was, I think it was about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, about 10 years ago. I was on a train um, going to work and I was watching the Sid Roth and I saw for the first time someone's leg being prayed for and grown. That was the first time it became a possibility for me, blew my mind. But anyway, one of the things he says is he cannot afford for any thought in his mind not to be a thought that God has about him in his mind. Think about that. If any, if any belief is in his mind that Jesus doesn't have about him, he refuses to entertain it. So I was watching this thing, like it was, I was watching this thing about like a day in the life of Todd White kind of thing, yeah. Um, it wasn't, that wasn't the title, but it was kind of that, the idea. And then he's at the gym kind of thing, and then he's like playing the, the words in his ear because he cannot afford for any thought from the enemy to have any space in his mind. So he's constantly renewing his mind with the word of God. And you know, Jesus said in that scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you fill your heart with the right stuff, the good stuff's going to come out. Yeah? So we tip there. Um, so we always talk about Psalm 1. In fact, let's jump, guys. So many scriptures, but we love the word of God. So Psalm 1, verse 1. We have read this many times, I'm sure. It says here, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law 
he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I'm sorry, but that's a picture of perfection. Everything he does prospers, and he bears fruit in its season. It doesn't get more perfect than that. That's the picture right there. But what's the prerequisite? Meditating on the word day and night. So, do you know, I started this practice recently where, like, I have, like, this list of affirmations or declarations that I'm capable of myself based on what, the, what Jesus says about me, you know, try to do it every morning and stuff. And that's a good start. Yeah? But that's declarations. We're not talking meditation. What are you chewing on day and night? What are you eating? What is your mouth feeding on? What is your rudder? What does the bit in your mouth Oh, sorry, what does your mouth have if we're using the same picture as the, as the horse? If you put the word of God in your mouth, imagine if you're a horse, then the horse turns direction to where the word is taking it. You become what you put inside of you. What you glorify, you become, in fact. So let's look at it there. So um, it says, his delight is in the, in the law of the Lord and he meditates day and night. I think, um, you, know, the, you know, the perfect or... A, an ideal picture is that we're in the car, we're meditating, we're in the shop, we're meditating, you know, we're standing in the queue in the, in the, you know, to pay for something, we're meditating, we're constantly chewing on the word of, word of God. Well, can we decide tonight to make this a habit that we set time in the morning and in the evening, day and night? Let's just obey the Lord there. Day and night, in the morning, take five minutes. I am his masterpiece. I am his workmanship recreated for good works. Thank you, Jesus. I am your masterpiece. I am perfect. Your masterpiece. Thank you, Lord. Over and over, speaking that word, driving that word into your heart because that's what changes you. And as you put that in, yeah, good stuff in, good stuff out. Conversely, garbage in, garbage out. Okay? So if we're putting that word in, deliberately eating, feeding, not letting go until that word becomes who we are. Because, you know, I remember what this guy said, we don't read the word just so that we can say we're obeying it. We're reading the word so we can become it. That's just us. We're just that. We're just the word of, like, him leaving her, living him out on the earth. And it does, it's not, that wouldn't happen with, oh, I read a devotional and that's great. Me too, I've done that, right? And it's good, it's good, it's a good start. But let's go, let's go into maturity now where we are intentional, yeah? And we're turning the ship of our lives to the direction that the word is turning into. Amen. So look at that there. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in a season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Once again, picture of perfection. Do you delight in the word of God? What are you saying, pal? What are you saying? Hmm? Are you speaking the word? Are you meditating on the word? Or are you declaring it on a Sunday? Or, or, or are we declaring it on a Wednesday? <laughs> Our watch words. Yay, I did the word. Mm -mm. Won't cut it. Let's go deeper. Amen and amen. Last point. Um, you ever heard that um, expression, cat got your tongue? I think we all heard it right. So I was like really curious about it and I was doing some like very quick research. And 
the like the fable is that in the Middle Ages, when there were tons of witches and warlocks like jumping around, I'm sure before there was some sort of um, revival. Apparently, if you saw a witch, um, she would basically take your tongue, yeah, and give it to the black cat or something, so that you wouldn't be able to say that you saw the witch, mm. kind of thing. So you wouldn't be able to speak. So then, cat got your tongue because the black cat would have had the tongue. The question I want to ask tonight is. Has Holy Spirit got your tongue? So if the cat gets your tongue, you're not speaking, right? But if Holy Spirit has your tongue, what are you saying? Let's think about this. When Jesus um, was ascending to heaven um, and he was commissioning his disciples and told them, you should go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, making disciples of all nations, give them this amazing commission that we are also going after. That's what we're called to do. Um, he says, go, go first, bear with me, go first and wait, where? Jerusalem, for the promise of the Spirit, yeah? And then you receive boldness to be my witnesses. Mm. So they're there waiting, and the Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, there was a mighty rushing wind, and then tongues of fire descended on their heads, and then they all spoke in an unknown tongue, and we know the, the, the rest generally is history. On that very day, 3,000 people were added to the body of Christ, and, and there, since then it's snowballed. And we're here as a result of that encounter with Holy Spirit. But what was the first organ of the body that Holy Spirit took? The tongue. Has Holy Spirit got your tongue? Has Holy Spirit got your tongue? So, I want to just say, yeah, hmm. Um, so Daddy was talking about this a few three weeks ago, baby, right? Talking about how, um, you know, we are, um, we, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and the father is the husbandman. And there's always this pruning process going through. He's always stripping us of stuff we don't need, taking that stuff to beautify us even more. Even the stuff we think are beautiful, there's always layers of glory and glory that the Lord is constantly taking the junk off to expose, yeah? So that we can be more like Jesus. Because he, by the way, is a, is a picture of perfection. Yeah, he is, he is perfect. Amen. So, um, Daddy was talking about, basically, in praying in the Holy Spirit, what we are doing, as we know, we are fortifying ourselves, we are building up ourselves. The Bible says that we're building up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And also, we are mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Do you have a character issue? Do you have a problem with your speech? Do you feel like you, only negative stuff comes out? Do you have a problem with lying? Do you have a problem with integrity? Do you mean what you say? The question is, has the Holy Spirit got your tongue? I have met Christians. I remember I met this um, before I met, well, me and my dad and I got together, yeah? There was this guy, like, really lovely guy. You know, he was so, he was interested in, like, being with me and all this chat. And then we're talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then he basically thought, oh, yeah, I mean, that's great. It's great. I can speak in tongues, but it doesn't mean anything. So he would, like, pray, like, maybe, like, I don't know, once a month, you know, that kind of thing, like, despising the gift of, of the Spirit, thinking that it was just this willy-nilly thing. And I found that so offensive. I'm like, no, but Jesus said, don't do anything until you get this promise. Wait till you get this promise, and then you can be my witnesses. So anyway, it was really, really, really odd. To be honest with you, I was like, I can't be with this guy because he, he doesn't speak in tongues. I'm so harsh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I waited for the right person. 
But the point I'm trying to make is, the point I'm trying to make is this. Has Holy Spirit got your tongue? Are you despising the gift such that you are waiting till a Sunday when we're praying for five minutes? Is that what you're doing? Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Was that a boast? Was he boasting? Was he trying to show that he was this awesome person praying in tongues? No, he understood the importance of praying in tongues. Guys, when, when times, yeah, where more than anything, we want the ships of our destiny to be in the right direction, going at the right pace, being at the right place and at the right time, we cannot do this without Holy Spirit. We cannot do this without Holy Spirit. So I want to just stress this point again. Let's start praying. So let's be so intentional about praying in the Spirit and not just don't wait, don't wait, don't wait till worship time on Sunday when I'm like, okay, for a minute, let's pray, praise in the Holy Spirit. No, that's your gift. Embrace it. Take responsibility for this amazing power that has been bestowed on you and begin to use his gift. Begin to turn your life in the direction that the Lord has intended it. This is so vital. Right, so Daddy was talking about that book that we, we both read and this guy is praying for hours and hours and hours and hours in the Holy Spirit. And you know what, so very, very lately, I was talking about these, like, this community that I'm like, involved with and all that. And um, basically they called the fast and they were like, okay, we're all going to pray in tongues one hour a day, five days a week for a month. And that's awesome, it's going really well. But now that I'm doing it, I'm like, I could actually do like three hours. I could actually go like more and more and more and more. And you know, church, you don't have to be like, for example, I mean, if you're in Tesco, like, I mean, don't stand in the middle of an aisle and start shakara, but like, no. You can, on, you're driving in the car. You're driving, you're turning the ship of your destiny, the right, the right angle, you're moving with him, the right pace, you're surrendering, you're, you're laboring until you enter the rest of God so that not you, but him through you. Amen. So please, can't stress this enough. Let's start praying in the Holy Spirit like we have never done before. Yeah? If your children praying in, in tongues, amazing. Now it's time for them to be encouraged to do that. As a family, go for it. Start with 15 minutes, go for 30. And, you know, Daddy, Daddy was saying that like, he, he meets with these guys praying in the Holy Spirit every morning. I think initially he started with 15 minutes, and then now he's like, oh, wow, we could go for more because it's like you build up muscle. Yeah? But if you don't start at all, like, it becomes this thing that you do once a year. God forbid. Absolutely not. God forbid. So let's, um, and I've written here, you know, that, sorry, in fact, Daddy and I were reflecting on this. So very lately, we've been dealing with some, some things, like with people, helping people go through some stuff that we haven't done before. And we, we were just talking about how, I guess, relatively easy it's been. And we were like, and, that, and Daddy made a point and said, wow, I have a feeling it's to do with, we've been praying in tongues. Basically, we're experiencing breakthrough in areas that we didn't expect. But that's the areas that God has, is basically pushing us to go into. And we are attracting these kinds of things that God is basically giving us like permission and authority to, to help deal with and to take off people and, and bring them to um, greater levels of freedom. Does that make sense? So, yeah, so basically, 
even if you don't see results immediately in the areas that you think, sometimes the areas that God is targeting will affect everything else. So trust the Lord. Has the Holy Spirit got your tongue? Or has a cat got your tongue? What are you saying, pal? What are you saying? Just to round up, just, I just want to say, to stress again, take, take away points, yeah? This tongue we have, yeah, such a privilege that we get to co-create with God. So God, God made heavens and the earth and made everything, and the Bible says he rested. But if you, if, you, if you watch, the creation of God is expanding. Whilst the creation stopped, in quote, it's still going on. He's still being expressed as we labor with him, as we co-labor with him. And if we don't learn to use our mouths the way the Lord is perfect in his speech, we won't see all the things that God has basically designed and destined for us. So we must labor with him, create with him. And I was thinking about this in Ephesians 2.10. It says we are his masterpiece. You know, the, I know, you know I love the Greek stuff. So the word there, poema, we are his workmanship. We are his poetry. Think about that. What's poetry? It's not just in what's written, it's what's spoken. Poetry is expressed in speech. As we give him our mouths, as we shake we are living now. We're expressing this poetry over and over. There's more. Like, there's so much more in us that God wants to express. Let's not be limited by what we see and just think, oh, yeah, well, that's it. No. Let's change the direction of our lives. Let's start moving the way the Lord has asked. Move. And remember, there is no neutrality. Life, death, blessings, curses. Choose life. Amen? Because life and death is here. But if we choose life in the way we speak, we're impeccable in our speech. We're precise in our speech. We own this amazing responsibility that no other creature on planet has. We have that because we are made in the image and likeness of God. So you want to change your life? Change your words. If you want to change your words, meditate on his word. Amen. So yeah, that's it, church. Um, I, I hope we have him blessed. And I just want to basically lead us into a prayer of repentance. You know, repentance, yeah, that, also, that means you're turning away from sin. Um, well, I guess a higher definition is you're, you're, you're changing your mind of something. So I want us to repent of any attitude where we have basically given our tongue away to the cat, <laughs> not given it to Holy Spirit, and we haven't owned this power that God has given us in our tongues. Yeah? So I want everyone to close your eyes and just say after me, Holy Spirit, I repent of an attitude that has said that I am not going to use my mouth. I repent of the belief that there is neutrality. I choose to believe your word that life can be spoken through the words I speak. So tonight, Lord, I am deciding to give you my mouth, to give you my tongue. I decide that I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to create with you, Lord. I'm going to express your poetry through my life in Jesus' name. I'm going to impart grace 
to the hearer of the words I speak, including myself. I'm going to have integrity. I'm going to mean what I say and say what I mean in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I ask you for help to meditate on your word. I ask you for help, Lord, to meditate on your word day and night, Lord. I receive the grace tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for this awesome responsibility, this power that is in my tongue. And tonight, I choose to use it the way you intended it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Once again, love you all. We're going to wrap up just now. I'm going to share the watchword. So it's going to come on the screen. Um, yeah, bear with me. <laughs> for even the whole creation, all of nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. I am called and graced to manifest as such this year and beyond in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And let's share the grace and fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. And I want us to be sure that the words we are speaking now are imparting grace. Be aware of the words you're about to speak. Let's declare that surely his goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good night. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed that message. For more information, head over to teamchurchglasgow.org. And remember, let's be doers of the word, not just hearers. Until next time.